All right, we'll just uh, get started here in a few minutes, everyone. Uh, give everyone a chance to log on. Need some hold music or something, some elevator music. Got some Metallica. <laughs> it's a crowd pleaser. Totally, get people fired up. <laughs> yep. All right, um, hello everyone. I'm Rachel Zabonik-Chanko, Editor-in-Chief of Club Solutions Magazine, and welcome to our monthly virtual webinar on thought leadership. This session is sponsored by ASF and will surround industry marketing, PR, and communication strategies. If you have any questions during the discussion, please feel free to send those through via the Q&A section, and we'll get to as many as we can. We have a really awesome panel for you all today featuring Brian Morris, Carrie Bedgood, Erica Bates, Jacqueline Buchanan, and Mindy Bridges. And to start, um, I'll just have each of you all just introduce yourselves, your title and role at your gym, and then just tell us a little bit about your organization. Um, Brian, let's go ahead and have you kick us off. Oh, thanks. Uh, Brian Morris um, with Gold's Gym Southern California Group. Uh, we have about 19 locations. We're about to actually add two more this year, so we'll be at 21. Uh, senior Vice President, uh, been here about six years, up to six years. And, uh, you know, my responsibilities center around marketing, sales, uh, service revenue, and uh, operations and fitness. So, uh, yes, that's, a, that's who I am, that's what I do. Perfect. Awesome. How about you, Carrie? Hi everyone, I'm Carrie Bedgood, Chief Marketing Officer with Active Wellness, and we are a fitness management consulting and design company um, with about 60 operations throughout North America on behalf of our partners. Awesome. All right, Jacqueline. Hey guys, how's it going? Um, my name is Jacqueline Buchanan, and I run public relations, communication, um, content, and social for InShape Health Clubs. Um, and InShape is a large chain of health clubs in California, and um, we're really a, a leader in resort-style clubs and the H HVLP market as well in our markets. Um, and yeah, I, I'm really excited to be here. I've had the privilege of working um, in corporate comms and um, ton of different industries from retail and beverage to, um, you know, wellness, consumer tech, enterprise tech, but fitness is definitely my favorite. So I'm super excited to be here to talk about it today with you guys. Awesome. Thank you. Um, how about you, Erica? Hi, um, my name is Erica Bates and I work with Chelsea Pierce Fitness. Uh, I've been here with them for 20 years this year, this spring. Um, we are based in New York. There's a club in Manhattan. There's one in Brooklyn, and there's also one in Stanford, Connecticut, right outside of New York City. Um, and I handle all the communications for the company, as well as all their community relations. From prior to Chelsea Piers, I came from more of the agency side. But happy to be here. All right, Mindy. All right. Um, Mindy Bridges. I'm the Chief Brand and Marketing Officer at Bossa Fitness. Um, I lead six functional teams within the organization, um, and those are fitness, marketing, PR, IT, club design, and retail. Um, and uh, for those that don't know VASA, VASA is a high-value, low-price, full-service gym, and we currently uh, run 45 clubs across six states. Awesome. Thank you all. Well, to start, and just to kick us off, you know, what have been the biggest marketing learning lessons for you over the past um, few months, past year? Um, any best practices or success stories you can share? Um, Carrie, let's go ahead and start with you. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, I was going to start with, there's nothing like a pandemic that really kind of magnify your strengths and weaknesses. Um, so, you know, we really kind of took the time to take notice and adjust um, you know, I think over the last few months, it's been really important for us to say no and stay focused, um, to do the things that work and stop doing the things that don't work. Um, because, you know, don't do the things that we've always done, um, or because everyone else is, um, really truly know, you know, who your brand is, your promise and your audience, um, and just focus on, you know, doing the things that work. 
Yeah. Was there anything that you guys realized maybe wasn't as effective as you thought? Um, and then maybe things that you were like, oh, we, maybe we should put more time into this. Yeah. Um, keywords was something that we really focused on. Um, you know, we had to research other keyword opportunities. Um, and we spent a lot of time, um, diving into market analysis and likely joiners and creating, um, buyer personas, uh, to truly understand, you know, who our audience is and what they're searching for to find us, um, or to find resources in regard to health and wellness. Um, so that we made sure to, you know, incorporate those terms into our website via blogs and obviously Mm -hmm. content. Um, so keywords was, was definitely somewhere that we, we focused on. Perfect. What about you, Brian, any marketing learning lessons you can share best practices or success stories? I mean, there's a huge list, (laughs) but you know, the fact is, uh, you know, when we, when we got out of, when we got the first shutdown, you know, we need to figure out our processes and we had to kind of shrink the system to simplify to multiply. That's, that's what our motto was. And so we got to find a way to simplify and multiply. So, you know, identifying the actual audience and Carrie, you said it well, you know, you have to know the audience that you're going after because uh, I think what I probably didn't do as well prior to COVID was identifying like the core group of members, the, the age groups that made up our memberships. And, and when I looked at it, you know, that core group was like, you know, anywhere between 40 to 45% between 18 and 34. But when we came out of, uh, when we came out of the second shutdown and we opened up back up, the majority of our members that we saw signing up were probably like 70% of 18 to 34. So, so our marketing had to shift. We had to shift and say, okay, well, it's not that we don't want to go after everybody, but we need to actually like really speak to those who like are, I guess, not afraid to come into the gym. Yeah. You know, they're probably fearless and like, they think, you know, you know, everything's fine. And so, you know, we had to shift to that at the same time, you know, talking about uh, the, the messaging, open, clean, and safe, right? That was our motto that we had to go with because at the end of the day, you know, in order to actually make people feel comfortable coming in, we have to ensure that, you know, the message is right, the actual, uh, the, how we market to them, whether we show people wearing masks, some we don't show wearing masks, but some we do. So we really targeted uh, the 18 to 34 uh, and it served us well. Uh, you know, the majority of them were male, but we said, okay, let's actually keep going after this and look at our, uh, we kind of shifted our buyer personas, right? We said, okay, who, who are the 18 to 34 that are hardcore, that are maybe less hardcore, but just want to come work out. And we try to give as much opportunity for them. Outdoor fitness, we just re- retrofitted our clubs to go outside and that helped us a, a, a lot as well. So a lot of that marketing and advertising had to shift and the learning lesson was pay attention to your actual age groups because those are the people that are going to actually make or break you. Yeah, definitely. Jacqueline, I know your gyms are also in California. So is what Brian and Carrie saying kind of resonating for you? What else would you add to that? Sure, um, definitely. You know, and I think what's really important to know is we've actually been closed for 49 weeks, um, which is really intense. And out of, you know, we are the only state in, in the U.S. that doesn't have indoor operations available. So, um, you know, when, when California forces to close our doors, we, we really had to just reimagine what it meant to help our members live happy, fit, and healthy. Um, so, you know, we jumped straight into connecting with them virtually, um, things like free virtual classes on our social channels. Um, we designed a really fun um, quarantine to 5K run club race to get people um, just moving and active and something that they could accomplish easily from home while connected to our coaches. Um, and I think I think what I'm hearing from Brian and Carrie, which is really interesting, and, and we do this a lot too, is, is really understanding and knowing your audience and speaking to them directly. And that's something that we have learned um, over the last couple of months for sure um, in making sure that our content speaks to them um, that it's inspiring, that it's fun, that it's motivating, and it meets them where they are. And um, we do that through using CRM tools that help us understand our member base and segment them. And then our content team creates 
engaging content that then um, those members love to read and love to engage with. So we are continuously looking for ways to engage with our members and keep them happy, fit, and healthy, whether it's in our outdoor pavilions or it's on our virtual digital platform or just um, through our email and our um, social channels. I think one of the biggest things that we really learned too um, is kind of more of a bigger general idea is just don't sit back and wait for perfect because it can really get in the way of good enough. So um, we weren't afraid to try new things. If it wasn't quite perfect, you know, we, we, we didn't mind. We are at in shape. What's really nice is that we're encouraged to um, try something new. And if we fail, fail fast and move on. Um, and so I think we learned that a lot um, in these 49 weeks that we've been closed as well. So yeah, I think I, I really hear what Brian and Carrie are saying in terms of speaking directly to your members um, and who's using the club and who's not and um, and really just meeting them where they are. Yeah, I think that's what, what's really great about um, digital marketing too is that you can do some more experimenting. It's easier to kind of change on a dime. Um, and if you do kind of make a mistake or maybe something's not as effective, you can you know quickly and easily remedy that. So that's really great. What about you, Mindy? What are your um, biggest marketing learning lessons or keys to success? Yeah, I, I mean, I would say everything that, um, you know, each of the, the other three panelists have talked about um, are similar to what we've been doing. And, and, you know, I'd say just over the past year, you know, it's obviously been an unprecedented time for everybody. And so I just think the ability to evolve and adapt quickly to changes and different guidelines and and I would say something that, I, that I'm proud of and that I would share as a best practice is, you know, being nimble and able to make quick decisions at an executive level. Um, we, we take sort of, you know, we do member surveys, we engage with them on social media, we read comments. So we sort of have this roll up of feedback about what people want, what they want to hear. And we try to speak in their language versus telling them what, what we want them to know. We tell them, we try to tell them what they want to know. Um, as best we can by listening to our team members and the experience. We've been in a little bit of a different position in that, you know, our clubs were really only closed for two months. So we have all 45 clubs open um, now since, since June. Um, but, you know, capacities have, have been, you know, restricted a lot. Um, in the Arizona and Colorado markets, you still have to wear a mask while you work out. Um, hey, but it's better, it's better than not being able to work out. And we're definitely getting a lot of that kind of feedback, but I think, um, you know, also just investing in technology um, that supports your business model and allows it to evolve and grow. So we built a custom app in 2019. And, um, you know, we obviously weren't planning for this, but the way we built it, it actually positioned us to easily allow members to book time slots in our gyms. Um, and so that our, our teams in the gyms could manage capacity accordingly. Um, so, you know, it was, I'm not going to pretend like it was really easy but we definitely had the technology to support the change and then supporting the teams in, in making that change and creating the best experience that we could. But, um, you know, and while we were closed, I mean, we were, we were closed as well. And, you know, that's a hard time. So I feel for, for the folks here that are in California because, you know, and I know everybody has probably done the same, but staying engaged in social media um, and blog articles and, knowing that our goal is to just help people through this time with giving them sort of tips and ways to stay motivated um, to keep their physical and mental health intact. Um, so, you know, it, it was interesting for us because year over year, 2020 over 2019, um, you know, our social media engagement over Facebook and Instagram uh, engagement went up about a hundred, a little over a hundred percent between the two on average. Um, and I know a lot of that's like sharing club updates, like, oh, the pool's now open, the, this is open. So it's not all, you know, you know, super sexy content, but it's, mm -hmm. it's updates about the club. Um, but then, you know, our followers went up about 60% year over year. So, you know, we were pretty proud of that, but put a lot of time and effort into building a strategy around communicating through social and digital, because that's the only, it's the only tool that we had at the time but we've tried to keep that going. So I'd say as a learning or a best practice, it's like, let's continue to be nimble and let's continue to make decisions quickly um, as, as just the members needs and wants change. And, um, and then also, you know, just to, to keep that engagement going over social because a lot of people are sort of living on, on the internet and on their computers all day because there's not much more to do <laughs> outside, of, outside of that. And we're all working from home. So. 
um, I would say those are some of the learnings that we will continue to, to keep in place. Yeah. Yeah. Is um, anyone else having a lot of success with social media engagement? Yeah. Well, well, I'll tell you that, you know, through COVID, we, uh, the show that through the shutdown, we added another 8,000 followers on Instagram, which, awesome. you know, which was incredible. And, and, and what we're seeing, you know, look, I, I think the biggest thing is to, I can, I have to actually take myself out of the equation and say, look, not what I like, but what our people like what they like mm -hmm. to see and then sometimes they have yeah. to separate that uh but what we've noticed is that we could put up like you know our standard posts and we can say you know like just various things that's going on with the gym or what's happening but when members actually post that they're working out outdoors and we repost that that is the biggest engagement that you can actually get so we're looking at uh, you know, when those people, uh, when we repost those members working out, we're looking at like 200, 300 followers at that point liking it versus our standard post of like 50 to 60, right? So, so those things are, are, are measurable. And I think it's important to actually make your members feel involved to actually keep that engagement going. Yeah, I'd agree with you, Brian. In, in fact, um, at the start of the pandemic, or at, over year on year, we are actually up, I think, um, over 7,000 followers on our Instagram and our um, Facebook as well as up. And one of the things we really saw at the start of the pandemic was just insane amount of um, engagement in our free online workouts. Um, tons of shares and comments were reaching, you know, each of those live workouts are reaching, you know, 23,000 accounts. So we saw a huge amount of engagement and appreciation. That was something that was really clear too. Our members really appreciated um, that we instantly, I mean, I think it was within the first week of the pandemic and having our doors shut that we jumped online and started engaging with our, um, our, our members there and our coaches and everybody really loved at least being able to connect virtually. And I think um, we continue to do that now. Um, and like you said about reposting your members, um, your members content, our user generated content is also um, proving really successful. So we are leaning into that strategy, especially sharing our outdoor pavilion posts because um, you know we really wanna show our members what it's like to come back to the club, show them that it's safe, show them that the protocols are working and show them that you know health and fitness is, uh, is essential to a fit and happy life. And so um, there's a number of reasons we're show showing that kind of stuff on online um, or on, on our social channels. It's to engage with them. It's to demonstrate what it's like to, to be part of the InShape community and then to build that community and continue that community to meet our members wherever they are. Yeah, yeah. love it. I would, yeah, Erica. Yeah, I would, everybody has a lot to say. <laughs> it's <actually laughs> everything everybody said. <laughs> um, I would also add one of the things that I found was really successful that we did was, you know, Obviously we all know that going to a gym can be intimidating. Do they have a towel? Do they have shampoo? What equipment? Where's the locker room? What's the flow? There's a lot of sort of unknowns when you started a new gym. Now you have a gym that's shut down. All new rules have been put in place. So when you're reopening, you have to get over that barrier as well of, well, now what do I do? Do I just walk in or what are they gonna do when I get there? And we actually did a, a video <laughs> I'm like, okay, so you're going to walk in and this is what you're going to see. And then you're going to walk over here and this is what's going to happen. And it, it eliminates that, that sort of now what's the procedure and it allows feedback. It allows questions. It makes it a welcoming place. Um, so I really, I thought that was a very good tool that we, we implemented to sort of show what was new and different. Um, in terms of social, I love what everybody said. You know, in New York, you're living in a small box without a lot of outdoor space, generally speaking. And if you do go to the outdoor space, it's incredibly crowded generally. So a lot of people, that was a community. Allowing them to go on social, the gym was a place where they went and they met people and they liked their group fitness and they liked their instructors and they missed them. You know, we have incredibly consistent employees who've been there 20 years. They want to see Joe at the front desk. Where is he? So this allowed, social allowed them to continue to have somebody they saw. And for some New Yorkers, it might be the only person they saw that day was somebody on Instagram live who they were used to being part of their daily routine. So keeping that community alive, 
I think was also a really important role of social in this whole thing, because we all, I mean, we're sitting here on a computer right now talking to each other. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I would exactly. say like, just to, just as we talk about best practices, like two of the things you just said, Erica, are basically transparency, right? Like telling them what they're gonna, ex what to expect when they come back to the gym, which I love. Um, you know, sort of that, that idea of transparency, but then that idea of connection. Like those are two words that come to mind for me with what everybody's saying. And that's what we all, we all want that in times of uncertainty, especially. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think this segues well into the next question, which is, um, you know, what are the things that you all are doing in, in regards to member outreach and re-engagement, um, maybe even particular to helping get members off of freeze? What are some specific strategies you guys are doing to bring people back into the gym from a marketing perspective? And anyone feel free to jump in who wants to go. I'll, I'll go. Um, we, we launched, a, I mean, we, we reach out to former members, I mean, pre-pandemic, but we launched a former member campaign that was super successful. We did it in January. We sort of waited until we felt like people were starting to come back. Um, and it was really, for us, it was focused on we're making it easy. There's here's three reasons why you should come back to Vasa, and these are people that had that had uh, canceled since March 1st, which was when we we closed our gyms March 17th, all of our gyms. So, um, but we focused on cleanliness standards, sort of over communicated our operational standards without making the email too operational, and it was very you know marketing focused with the imagery and and sort of um, you know the the energy and the values sort of around Vasa, but. You know, we gave them a special to rejoin. Um, and we also, I think what was key was we made it a one-click reactivation. So we made it super easy. Like when they clicked that they wanted to rejoin, you know, we, we set it up technologically so that we could find their old account. They could just rejoin. They don't have to sort of go through all the, the different details of the contract. Um, and, you know, in January, we had about a thousand rejoins just from an organic email campaign which was pretty amazing. Um, yeah, you know, amazing. we're not going to do it every month because you don't want to hit people, you know, the same people over and over and be annoying and have them unsubscribe. But, you know, I think as we get a little further into the year, we'll probably start including some of our, um, the older population that used to really enjoy VASA and the classes. Um, and sort of once they feel like it's more safe, sort of, you know, probably message it in a little bit different way, but that's, that's one of our plans. And I'm sure all of yours as well, because we know that the older population was, you know, a little more fearful of coming back to the gym. Um, but we also, like I said, in my sort of the first part of the session, you know, just listening to our team members, I think that's super important and doing, doing town halls, you know, our chief operating officer, you know, really does a great job, um, sort of, you know, doing town halls with the team, getting feedback and hearing really from them what they're experiencing and hearing from our members. And that helps us make decisions on how we message. Yeah. And yeah then, I would uh, agree with that. I, I think uh, that uh, it, it's important. Seeing is believing, right? You know, the fact is I can, right. I, we can mark it out all day, uh, but you have to kind of see it for yourself. And, you know, we try and invite people to come back in and take a look. Look, you're on freeze. You may have canceled, but you're still you're still involved. Come come by, take a look. Here's a guest pass. We actually, for capacity reasons, we're like, okay, you can use the guest pass between nine and five uh, because we don't want to actually, you know, have two people, too many people too close. But you just come and see it. And then with that, along with, you know, look, month-to-month -month memberships right now, they're, they're, it's gold at the moment, right? It's literally, uh, that's what people want. That's what they want to look for. So at least it gives them an opportunity to actually, okay, let me come in, let me see, let me see what you're saying, if your message is correct, and then I'll actually take a chance and then I'll take, I'll, I'll buy the month to month membership. And then usually some of those people seem, seem fine to want to come back in without a problem. Others, you know what? Stay on freeze, I'm not going to charge you right now. Stay on freeze until you're ready. Yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of gyms have had, um, more success if they can get members in the doors and seeing all of the safety protocols and all the improvements and um, in regards to cleanliness and things that they've been doing, just getting them in the door is a really good step. Um, what about you, Jackie, uh, or Jacqueline, sorry. <laughs> um, what uh, are best practices you can share for member out outreach and re-engagement? Yeah, so um, I think 
I think one thing we definitely learned and um, I think that it's easy to, when we're in a crisis like this, it's easy to forget your fundamentals and something in shape that, you know, we've really worked on as a team is to not forget our fundamentals, even though things are really crazy and we're constantly changing and pivoting. Um, and so in terms of communication, which I can speak to, um, you know, we've talked about this already, but constant transparent communication so that our members are totally across and very well versed in our protocols so that they feel safe to come back so that they know what they need to do when they do come back. So Erica, we also made videos and um, we have signage everywhere. And so our members are really across like everything that's happening, especially because we've been opened and we had to close and we got to reopen again. And then we got so, so we're constantly changing. So because of that, we need to have constant communication that's transparent and clear. Um, and then secondly, like in terms of engaging our members um, in terms of communication, um, we've been really good this whole year at continuing to engage through lots of different types of content, creating this fun, motivating content that's tailored specifically to our different member segments. So I touched on this briefly before, but, um, you know, we're all about meeting our members where they are. And in terms of content, we really lean on our um, CRM and all of the tools we have for CRM to, um, <clears throat> to analyze that data, to create content that our different member segments will enjoy. And um, I think it's been really successful. And although it, it is a fundamental, but we haven't forgotten about that throughout this crisis. And I think that that's led to really high engagement rates, really high click-throughs, really um, tons of blog visits. You know, We've really seen an increase in our engagement this year. And I think it's because we've really leaned on those fundamentals um, using CRM to segment our members, to create content that they enjoy and deliver that message um, independently and individually to them. Yeah, can you share some of the uh, examples of the data that you're looking at? Is it just demographics, age groups, things like that? Yep, yep, demographics, age groups, where they are, um, things like um, different types of use, use, usage and how usage relates to the different demographics. Um, and then we create emails um, for each of those different uh, groups as well. So all of our communication is really tailored to what our members, uh, specific types of members are wanting to see, seniors, um, senior workouts, specific types of um, family types of uh, articles that are really um, interesting for people with kids <laughs> um, that are still home from school and stuff like that. So lots of different types of messages for the different types of um, members that we serve. Yeah, perfect. What about you, Erica? What are you guys doing at Chelsea Peers to re-engage and well, outreach? That's, you know, I think as an industry, all of us will admit that the fitness industry pivots a lot. There's a lot of like a new trend, a new this, a new that. It seems like every year we're all asked, okay, like let's shift again. So I think as an industry, this is an industry that's well-equipped to think quickly and creatively. Um, so you know, listening to members, we're constantly, one thing we're trying to do is A, you're big onto community, as I said before. So events, take your event, move it online. How can you keep engaging them outside of even fitness? And so they can still engage with one another and have something to do. And those have actually gone very, very well. We're trying to do them community also based. And so, because that also then supports the small businesses, the mom and pops who may also be members. So that was another way to kind of wrap that all into one nice package where you're not only supporting your co-member or your member, but you're supporting their business. You're um, so that worked. And then, you know, pivoting, like we, we move bikes outside. <laughs> you want spin outside? Okay. <laughs> we will find a covered space so you don't get rained on and we will have all open air. We will lay turf in a parking lot and transform it into a yoga studio, you know, pivoting and listening to members. They group fitness is missed in New York city. You can open a club, but you cannot do indoor group fitness. And that's a big part of a, a gym operation. A lot of people look for that leadership and look for that guidance in group fitness. So um, that was one thing is we kept reinventing that and then communicating it in the same ways that everybody, you know, whether it's social or an email campaign or visually or what have you, just to let them know we're, we're changing again. We, we're thinking creatively. We want you back. We want to show you, you can come back showing spaces, showing windows um, and just communicating, communicating, communicating. Yeah, certainly. 
What about you, Carrie? Anything you'd add? Yeah, I think um, all the points are great. And so I think the only um, additional um, point that I wanted to make was that video is also used to not just tell our story about the experience and what it's like being back at the club, but we also used video for members to share their experience being back, you know, back at the club. so that was, that was one thing I wanted to add. And then specifically to re-engage members that um, were on hold or who have canceled, we've been offering, I think Jacqueline brought this up, free virtual classes uh, via Facebook Live that were actually open to the entire community, anyone, as well as IGTV, um, posting videos on YouTube as a resource to the community for people to sample um, what virtual classes are like. And then for the clubs that were open, um, whether outdoors um, or limited capacity inside, we did offer members uh, who are on freeze or who had canceled a one-on-one session with a trainer, um, either virtually or in person, um, to kind of provide a personal concierge, that personal connection and experience um, to address any uh, questions that they might have and and to really provide that one-on-one feedback. Yeah, hey, I think- hey, Carrie. It's oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, go, go ahead, Mindy. Um, did a lot of people take advantage? I really like that idea of offering sort of that, that, yeah. tra- that training session or just sort of a reintroduction. Right. Did that yes. work well for you guys? There, there were, there's obviously those that are on the fence. Right. So there's those who are willing to come back and excited to come back to the things that they missed, um, you know, like their favorite instructor or trainer. Um, Those that are on the fence, um, even the virtual uh, training session, just that one on one. Hey, you know, tell me what it's like to do this or um, I'm having this current issue with mobility. Can you provide some recommendations? Um, So we saw a lot of great feedback from those that were probably on the fence. There's still this group that are just happy with um, the virtual offerings that the industry is providing right now. Um, and so our goal with them is just really just to stay connected and, and to be a resource, which is, you know, what everyone has been mentioning, but yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Online. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah great stuff. All right, well, let's shift gears a little bit to, I think, a really important topic regarding um, just the industry's image overall. Um, What are things that we can do from a a marketing, PR, or communication standpoint strategies to improve the industry's image? Um, Jacqueline, I know that InShape has made a lot of, um, you know, you guys have been able to talk with the governor. You guys have a lot of experience in this area with the California Fitness Alliance. So, yeah, would you like to kick us off? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. I love this question, actually, Rachel. Um, I think I think a couple of things. So firstly, I think the first step to improving our image is understanding what is our image? How does the industry, how those people outside the industry see us? So, um, you know, what does our communication look like visually? What does it look like written verbally? How do we talk about ourselves? And, um, you know, this isn't, like I said, this isn't just what our potential members see, but this is what people outside the industry see including policymakers. And this year we've really, that's really been demonstrated back to us because we haven't been able to been open in all of the different tiers and things like that. So I think, you know, with fitness, we, we talk about it in like three buckets, vanity, performance, and health. And unfortunately, a lot of this imagery that we see in our industry and the language that's used to talk about it is vanity or it's performance. Um, And so at, at InShape, we talk a lot about how we instead need imagery and communication around health. Um, So, you know, for real people, not just for the fittest of the fit. So I think we can improve our image by first taking the narrative away from vanity and performance and talking about health. Um, And if we want the media and policymakers um, to focus on the benefits of our service, um, that gyms are essential to happiness and health, then we need to show that. Um, and so that's what we do at InShape. You know, we feature only real members and real team members in all of our ads. Um, you know, so when a potential member or, for instance, a policymaker sees our, our communication and our creative, um, you know, they can see themselves reflected in the images and spoken to in the copy. And I think that is like the ultimate first step to elevating, um, you know, our, ourselves away from sort of just vanity or just performance and really showing ourselves as essential to the health and happiness 
of everybody. Um, and that in and of itself will um, really help us in this whole, um, you know, this current pandemic. So that's yeah. what I would say first and foremost. Yeah, I yeah. would add that this is, it's an education. You know, if you think about the United States as a whole and the percentage of people who are health club members, you're actually talking about a minority. So there is a education that needs to go into this when you go to a policymaker or somebody who perhaps the only, as Jacqueline said, knows the vanity side of this because they have never had workout endorphins. They've never, they've never really gone in a gym other than maybe to visit kind of thing. Um, so I think educating them is key. And above and beyond, one thing I do a lot of the community relations for us also, separate from the gym, separate from COVID. Um, and it's really having that relationship where you have the established trust. And obviously hindsight is super 2020 and easy, but I think that this is a path to continue down and not to give up. Once we're all out of masks and this is behind us and we're all vaccinated and everything's great again, I don't think we can give up on this relationship building, staying informed, staying, keeping everybody educated. And I mean, I spent a ton of time with media in New York talking real nuts and bolts, like, okay, you're coming in, you're getting a spray bottle, you're getting a cloth, you're wiping it down. We can do contact tracing. We know when you arrive, we know when you left, we know who was here before you, after you. Like when you start breaking it down nuts and bolts, it's all, it, again, it's just an education, but I think that those relationships and the credibility is perhaps one lesson is that as an industry, we all need to, to stick on this. And we did it well, I think this year. And I think we just need to keep with it. Outside of a crisis, it's a lot easier to communicate than in the middle of you know a tornado. A hundred percent, Erica. I think especially like this challenge has um, provided us this opportunity to really educate all of these people and we need to continue doing that moving forward. Um, so we, you know, don't run into this issue for the next pandemic. <laughs> and you'll see that the kids issue of kids sports and kids mental health has really floated up and it keeps floating up every month, at least here. And so that, and they're tying in kids mental health and, and fitness and work in their team. And so if we can kind of pivot into that storyline and continue to educate how they're totally interconnected. This is not just a, a junior in high school wanting to play basketball. He doesn't just want to dribble the ball. <laughs> There's a lot of other stuff he's pulling out of this. And it's the same stuff that all of our members are pulling out. Yeah, yeah I, that's a great I, point. I agree with that. I think that the mental health, I mean, you guys both said that you know, but I think really, really truly relating and, and letting members know that you see them and you see that that's important to their life and not just the physical part. I think, you know, Jacqueline kind of went through the, the different parts of fitness. And I think just making sure that we're, we're catering to and making, and making sure that members know that we understand that mental health is just as important, especially right now. I mean, I can't tell you the number of, of, PT clients that have come back to our gyms and, you know, I'll just go out and sort of have conversations with, with trainers and the staff and, and people, people aren't coming with physical goals. Like they're coming with, I just want to be happy. And I mean, that breaks my heart, you know, and I, I feel the same by the way, but I think there's people with less resources, right. than maybe all of us and they're coming and saying, I just want to be happy. And so, you know, focusing on how can we help make that happen through, through fitness is just an important thing to consider, keep considering. Yeah. Um, Carrie and Brian, um, anything that you guys would add in regards to how the industry can improve its image? Brian, we'll start with you. Well, I look, I, I like to be real on the topic. The fact is that this, this whole thing got politicized, right? And you have certain people who are tribal about not going into the gym or going to the gym. But the fact is I've, I've done a couple of radio interviews on this already. You know, we are essential, no matter how you look at it, we are essential. And could you try to tell me that we're less essential than Home Depot? You try to tell me we're less essential than a golf store that's open like all the time where people are crowded in there buying stuff. So, you know, that's not making you healthier. And the fact is that we need to continue the push. Like Jacqueline, we're on the California Fitness Alliance and, and it, is, it is so critical that the message continues to be sent 
that, you know, we are preventative care. Like we are here to actually make your life better. And yeah. anyone, the, the, that minority we talk about, the 20, 25% that actually uh, are involved in fitness understand that. They, they get that. It's the others that are actually trying to say, well, you know, it's too close. It's the proximity, this and that. We have to go out there in front of the newspapers. We got to go out there in front of the radio stations. We have to go out in the public and let them know that, you know, there's nothing wrong with what we're doing. Okay. This is about you becoming healthier. This is about us being able to look, think about it. The underlying conditions that we know about COVID is the fact is that like, you know, if you have, if you have uh, obesity, if you are, if you are heavy, if you, you more, more likely to have other issues when you have COVID, if you're able to come in and decrease those, those, those issues, if you're able to come in and actually work out mental health, we all said it, that's critical, but physically, Yes, you have to feel better. And mentally, if you get COVID, you more likely will actually recover from it than if you go in there and thinking that, oh my gosh, like I didn't do anything, I didn't prepare myself. So we just, the, the, our best practice is literally getting out there and actually talking to as many people as possible, getting out to the papers, getting out to the radio stations, getting out there to, to everywhere we can to let people know that like, if you don't do something now, like, you know what, you're gonna be in trouble later. So let's get started. Yeah, and that's Rachel. Yeah. We you know continue to partner with the California Fitness Alliance to really push you know all of those messages that Brian's just talking about. Erica's touched on, Mandy's touched on. Um, you know, we we have to continue to push that in front of the decision makers, the policymakers, the media, so we can change this narrative away from vanity or performance or just vanity or just performance and into health, mental, mental, physical, and emotional health. Yeah. What about you, Carrie? What would you add to this point? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely aligned with the messages um, and education in regard to health. Um, I think it's super important for us as an industry to partner with um, physicians and healthcare providers um, to continue to bridge uh, people care as it relates to just better health and quality of life. Um, I also think it's important for the industry um, for us to remain grounded in our why. Um, you know, we bring people together and we empower them to live their best lives. Um, so I think it's really important for us to remain and to even promote more inclusivity um, to continue to unite and connect um, because that's so needed right now. Um, and I think that if we are an industry that believes that we're customer centric, tuning into, you know, what's important to people right now um, should in turn be important to us. Yeah, for sure. Um, anything else before we move on in regards to the industry's image that anyone would like to share? All right, we'll move on. <laughs> um, so as gym marketers, you know, what is really top of mind for you right now um, beyond, you know, some of the things that we've already discussed? What are the challenges that you are striving to overcome? What is going to be essential to success? Mindy, let's start with you. Oh, you're, you're muted, Mindy. Of course, that, that always has to happen to one person, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> and I do it all the time. Um, no anyway, yeah, I, I think, um, I think what's going to be essential is to continue to listen you know, like to, to stay up to date on what's going on in, in each of the markets that we that we run our clubs in um, and listen to members in the best way possible. Like, like how, do we, how do we continue this sort of um, transparent communication both out to them, but then allowing sort of a feedback loop from our members and our team members? Because I think that's the best way that, we're, that we can make decisions as sort of, you know, the people that are sitting on this panel, we're the ones sort of making the decisions on how the company is going to run. Um, and I, and I think just kind of in everything we do, just always being true to, to your values, your brand values and your guiding principles and using those as a lens, um, to make the best decisions for your teams and your, and your members. I mean, those are kind of the things we're keeping top of mind. And I know I said the words before, but just sort of transparency, consistency, connection, um, I think it's caring. Like that's for me a, a really big, a really big piece of what's happened over the past year. Sorry, my dog is like nudging my arm. <laughs> no worries. Well, what about you, Erica? What's top of mind for you right now? Um, 
I think just sticking with, I agree with what Mindy said and her dog, that we need to keep communicating. You know, we have now established this and people are used to it. Members have been asked to change a lot. I mean, we all have in every walk of life, even how we go to the grocery store, but so have gym members. And so we need to keep communicating and keep listening, like Mindy said, because they keep getting asked to change because the rules keep changing. Mm -hmm. They're open, they're closed. You can be inside, you can be outside. You're, you're in a mask, you're not in a mask. You were now back in a mask. So um, I would say that I think that we need to look overall at some of these procedures and what we need to keep in place perhaps forever because it will be a new thing that we're judged on. I, I think that <laughs> new member tours may now include a cleaning segment of the conversation. <laughs> um, I think everybody's probably moved toward digital brochures and digital everything. I think if you haven't, you got to go the rest of the way and keep going that way. Um, so just echoing what Mindy said, I think communication and is going to be critical. Yeah. What about you, Jacqueline? Yeah. So I think um, I agree with Erica and Mindy, um, but I think the biggest thing at InShape that's top of mind. Um, really, I think I, I would say, if I'm honest, is that we're really afraid of the health crisis that's to come. So, you know, everybody stopped moving. We've been, like I said, we've been closed for 49 weeks. Um, you know, that's not like, that's a long time. So I think we're really thinking about how do we get people moving again? Um, you know, how do we get those busy, stressed out parents back into the club? Those people that are struggling the most right now with mental or um, physical health issues. And, you know, how do we, how do we as a marketing team, how do, and, and as a, as a company, how do we best serve them? How do we better serve them? How do we motivate them to come up back into the club when their habit now is to not be in the club, right? They're out of their routine. So I think that's the biggest thing, this health crisis that's to come and how do we help serve that and prevent that or um, counteract that. And then, you know, I think finally, and this is sort of a bigger theme, but the people are craving connection and, and um, the fact that the gyms aren't just a dedicated place to work out. They're not just equipment or clean facilities um, or classes, you know, we're, we're really looking at the fact that we provide accountability and motivation. Um, we provide connection, we provide experience and we provide community. And so um, I think we're thinking about a lot about how can we get people moving? How can we get those people that have fallen out of routine back into the club? And how do we, how do we again, um, create a really wonderful omni-channel approach to fitness where we're meeting our members where they are, whether that's at home, in, you know, on our digital platform or, or in our outdoor pavilions. So those are kind of the three things that are top of mind and I think essential to success moving into 2021. Yeah, going back to what you were saying about the mental health, um, I agree with you all that um, emphasizing the mental health aspects of fitness is, is going to be really huge. I mean, I just know even for me personally, I'm not necessarily working out right now because I have a specific um, fitness goal in mind. It's because I will go crazy <laughs> if I don't get those positive endorphins. So what about you, Carrie? Um, what's really top of mind for you? Uh, I mean, I think, um, you know, obviously engagement um, and revenue um, and specifically kind of overcoming these challenges by, um, you know, uncovering growth opportunities. So um, points that have already been made, you know, looking at maybe a new group of your target audience that you're starting to see come in. Um, I think Brian mentioned the younger um, the younger demographics, right? 18 to 24, that's something that we're seeing consistent, consistently across the country. Um, you know, really, you know, focusing on engaging those existing members um, for repeat, you know, purchasing and upselling and even word of mouth promotion, right? The testimonials that I mentioned already. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I would say. <laughs> what about you, Brian? Well, there's one thing really, it's uh, retention marketing. You know, the fact is, uh, you know, I, I go back to before COVID and, you know, the, the cadence that we used through our HubSpot and our gym sales was like, we would just send out three messages a day and you'd see so many, you know, people unsubscribe and not become unengaged. And so we had to re revisit that and figure out, okay, what's the right cadence. And so, you know, we do like maybe three messages a week instead of like 20 messages a week. And we see that we're actually, you know, keeping more people on 
uh, staying engaged. So, so I'm looking at the retention side. The fact is we, we, you know, January and February have been tremendous for us and yeah, I keep my fingers crossed because <laughs> I hope it continues. Right. But, but, you know, retention of those people are critical. So, so what I'm looking at is how do we actually like keep them more, uh, how do I keep them here, right? So obviously we know about hospitality, customer service, we understand about, uh, you know, like rewards points and things of that nature. How do we, how do I get you to like get as many reward points as possible so that you don't want to leave, right? So those, th those are the things that I'm focused on right now. And, and it's a shift. We, we are, the traditional thinking is that we're bricks and mortar and we want as many people inside. But the fact is, is that what we've learned is that if anything COVID's taught us is that uh, we are outside of our four walls and we need to actually like not just embrace it, but we need to build it better. And we need to actually figure out like how to connect as many people to the brand so that they're always they're always like having us as top of mind when they're ready to come in. So to the assumption that like, OK, well, everyone gets their shots in their arms and everyone's going to come in. That's not that's a pipe dream. That's not going to happen. Okay, what's going to happen is that, yeah, you're going to have some of those people come back, but you still have to keep the others engaged on the on the on the outside through virtual through through, through digital and, uh, and and let them know that we're always a place for you to actually be here. And that's that's my focus. I want to make sure that our retention is there and we'll continue to just keep selling memberships. Uh, but we need to make sure our people are happy while they're here. Yeah, great point. Getting people engaged in your brand, not your location. Love it. All right. Um, oh, I do have a question from the audience. Um, they're wondering what platforms, apps, technologies, CRMs, um, if you guys could share any specific tools that you guys are using that you're, you just really love and that have been really helpful to you as a marketer during this time. Jacqueline, I think you mentioned that you have a CRM that you yeah. have. Yeah, we use um, a platform called Braze and that's really helpful for us. Um, we have a great team and by team, I mean like we have two people. So it's not like a giant team or something, but we have, um, you know, a CRM guy who's a brilliant guy and he does a lot of um, analysis for us and um, our email team of one or two <laughs> is, um, you know, con constantly looking at that stuff. And then our content team of two is um, then, you know, creating messages and creative fun content that, um, uh, that those different segments like to, uh, like to read. So all of us work together to analyze um, the information, but yes, we use, we use Braze. Okay, perfect. Yeah, anyone else have any tools or technologies they can share? We use, I, uh, I use HubSpot for, HubSpot is pretty much our, well, no pun intended, it's the hub for all digital, right? It's everything that we do, but, uh, you know, email, social, we we break down our, our buyer personas in there. Uh, we obviously get some Google analytics going through there as well. So, you know, it's 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 given us a, it, I, I like what I put it, this is my check and balance on all marketing vendors, right? It's like, it, it's, you know, instead of like relying on their dashboards, right? I have my dashboard and I know the truth of what I see. So, so that's been very helpful. We use uh, gym sales. And the reason why we, we put that together is because, you know, it's the integrations. We're living in a world of integrations. You know, the fact is, if you, you have to have like the uh, one talking to the other, but it's not one way, right? It's not just one way from HubSpot to gym sales. It's HubSpot to gym sales, gym sales back to HubSpot, right? So I'm able to identify like, you know, if someone that comes in uh, from a, from, as a walk-in and didn't see anything digital, they put in their information and now I can now through HubSpot identify their key component, the things that they like to actually know so I can send them relevant content. Uh, and then obviously all that's integrated with ABC Financial. So we use that uh, as well. Then we have uh, our friends at Solutions One, uh, we got Perkville, uh, we got Chatmeter. I mean, you know, there's there's a little bit of a list that, that, that happens. Our, our join online process has improved tremendously. Our friends over at Sneeze It are tremendous. So uh, they've done a fantastic job for us there. We got about anywhere between, I think this month we're averaging about 38% uh, join online sales and of our regular sales. And, and I'm only excited about this because for we, before then we were at 3% or I think 2%, right? So, oh, wow. so those things have actually improved the process, but it, there's a lot of, you know, when you look at my system or our system here, there's a lot of moving parts, but it's, it's there for a purpose. And there's a lot of talk. It's like, well, if you had one, like it'd be easier. Um, maybe so, but this kind of works for us. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad you brought up HubSpot too, um, just for the audience. 
they have a lot of really great free resources that you can utilize to just learn a little bit more in depth about certain marketing things. They've got SEO courses, social media certification courses, all are free. So I, I would be sure to check them out because yeah, they've just got a lot of free things that you can check out if you want a little bit more insight. But Mindy, were you going to? Yeah, we use HubSpot as well. So now I'm like, HubSpot should pretty much sponsor one of these. Or <laughs> if you're listening, HubSpot. Because <laughs> um, it's been awesome for us. Same as Brian. Like we, I don't know when you guys implemented it. We did, we sort of had the build out finished in late 2019. But I mean, HubSpot has been amazing for us. And it's all, we also connect it to sort of our, our, um, our advertising media, media company. So we're able to sort of uh, share learnings uh, between the two, sort of how how different advertisements or email performs with different segments, um, different markets. We are in six different states, um, but HubSpot's been amazing. And as you guys know, with any CRM tool, the more you use it, the smarter it gets. Um, and obviously, as you build your email list, you have more information to take in and and analyze, but yeah, like Jacqueline, I mean, we have a small team too. So we have a, a team of two that sort of manage um, our HubSpot, but yeah, we, um, we have, we're at about 50% online sales, 50% club sales. Um, and then I'm proud to say that in January and it's all HubSpot and the team that works on that, but 25% um, of our total sales for the month in January were from organic email. Oh, like wow. directly from clicking through email, which is insane. And I mean, I wasn't expecting it. We had a goal, but we, we far surpassed it. So um, if the email team's listening, big props to you. But uh, we love, we, we've, really, we've really liked HubSpot and I agree with Rachel. I mean, you know, while we were closed, we built a bunch of different email series that we thought we could, we could uh, use. And they've been, they've been um, really beneficial to us since we've reopened in June. Um, but the team also spends a lot of time, you know, reading articles and sharing with each other. And, you know, here's the why behind my recommendation. Let's try it. And, you know, like Jacqueline said, we're not, we're not afraid to try something. And if it doesn't work, then we just move on and we try something different. Um, so yeah, HubSpot's been great. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we have just a few minutes. So um, I want to go ahead and have each of you share, you know, if you could just give one piece of advice to those listening, what would it be? Brian, let's start with you. Look, don't be afraid. The fact is to break the rules, whatever the traditional rules are, throw it out the window. Uh, you know, we, we got aggressive on a referral campaign. Uh, three, you refer three people, you get three years for free. Yes, you get three years for free of dues. Uh, it, it, it works tremendously, but you know, we go outside of the box, right? We decide that, you know, we're on, in unusual times, so we have to use unusual measures. You know that sometimes get to the to get to the goal. So the, my biggest advice on that is like you know don't don't be afraid to 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 go outside the box and make sure that you know you're able to do things that people want and what people want they come in they experience and they actually have a good time doing it. Love it. What about you, Carrie? What's your one piece of advice? Yeah, my advice is make data <laughs> data driven decisions to understand what's working and what's not, and when you find something that works double down. Um, paying attention to that data will really enable, I think, one of the themes of our panel today, which is agility um, and adaptability. Yeah, certainly. What about you, Jacqueline? Um, so I think I might sound like a broken record, but um, understand your consumer through data and then meet them where they are, um, you know, whether that's their location, where they want to work out, their comfort level, the channels that they're active on, um, the types of content that they want to read and they're interested in, the publications that they read. So, um, you know, the workouts they like to do. Understand your consumer and meet them where they are and um, don't sit back and wait to be perfect. It can get in the way of good enough. Yeah. What about you, Erica? Um, I would, again, broken record, like Jacqueline. I'm <laughs> we've learned it. People want to hear information. They don't want to be in the dark. Keep communicating. Listen to them. Um, don't throw out things that worked this year. Just It wasn't like, oh, well, that was in COVID. We did that. If it worked, let them keep a pattern. They'll shift again, but don't throw everything out. Um, and you know, be ready for change and just be ready to pivot. Like things are going to keep changing and just communicate, communicate, communicate and build relationships. That's the other big lesson that we all need to carry as an industry forward. Keep communicating, keep your relationships because we'll survive COVID, but who knows 10 years from now, five years from now, 
So yeah. relationship building. Yeah. All right, land the plane for us, Mindy. All right, I'm gonna land it, I'm gonna try. Um, I agree with what everybody said. And I guess I would just close out with know who you are as a brand, know your values, your guiding principles, um, continue to show up authentically across every channel. Cause I, I think um, the more people are able to experience a holistic sort of, um, you know, I guess experience uh, inside and outside the clubs, the more they will trust you as a brand. And I think right now um, the world is making decisions based on sort of trust in an uncertain time. Um, and so, and, and I truly believe the way that brands are showing up throughout this crisis is, will determine the, their level of success now and in the future. Um, and it sounds like this panel is pretty aligned on the way we're working. And so I think we're all doing, doing the best we can. Um, so that would be my closing comment. Yeah, love it. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Um, I'll just close this out. I wanted to let the audience know that um, if you're not aware, Club Solutions has launched a new division of mastermind groups. Um, they offer peer-to-peer -peer support that's affordable, convenient, and for all levels of health club management. So if you're interested in that, please don't hesitate to reach out to me or go to clubsolutionsmgx.com for more information. And again, thank you all so much for sharing your amazing insights. It was a really great discussion. So everyone have a great day. Have a great day. It was a Thanks, pleasure. Thanks, everybody. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.